Hey, this is Seth Levitt, and I'm inviting you to join me and O.J. McDuffie this Thursday night, November 29th, at Ella Cafe and Plantation for a live recording of The Fish Tank. And if you think one legendary Miami Dolphins wide receiver is cool, we're taking things up a notch by adding a second one, because diving in the tank will be none other than Mark Clayton, the most prolific Dolphins wideout in team history. So come on out this Thursday night, November 29th. Say hello to Juice, Mark Clayton, and other Five Reasons Sports hosts while enjoying Ella's artisanal coffee fresh evening tapas, house-made gourmet pastries, along with Ella wines and international beers. Recording begins at 7 p.m. Ella Cafe is located at 9743 West Broward Boulevard in Plantation. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. dog fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Seth Levitt here with OJ McDuffie Juice. How are you today, man? What's up, Big Seth? Uh, just another great day in the tank, man. Uh, loved being on the road last week in Orlando. Uh, it was a lot of fun with Keith Byers. And uh, two weeks ago, had Marty Booker, which right. Book was really cool. We hadn't hadn't heard or seen from Book. It was like a back from the dead Isn't deal. There, great man. It's great when guys come back, you know, and out of nowhere, and you don't even know they're right around the corner. Well, that's what up. killed me with yeah. Book. I'm like, Book, where you been? He goes, I, I'm in Pembroke Pines. I said, well, how the hell are you in Pembroke Pines? But it's interesting that we just had Book, right? Because right. Book was here, and Book arrived here when the Dolphins made a major blockbuster trade back in 2003-2004. They traded a third-round draft pick and an absolute stud pass rusher by yeah. the name of Adewale Agunlia. Welcome to the fish tank, man. Man, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Great to have you. Big Wale, man. Hey, great, great setup you guys got over here. Appreciate it, man. Love Appreciate it. it. Well, JT's paying the bills, and we just set up <laughs> shop here until he comes that's in one day. Man, most, out. So, most of the bills. Most yeah, of, most, most of, of the, bills. the bills. That's true. So that is true. You guys have Marty, and then you say, you know what? The guy that's involved in the trade. It's crazy. Get, we got to get the other get, side of the deal. Crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely true. True story. And book was great. Book book was a lot of fun. You know, and it'll be interesting to kind of relive that way. With you because poor book you know he had just had a pro bowl in, in yeah. chicago signed a major contract obviously chicago's a great city as much as i love hometown here but then he gets traded into what was and i just got into an argument on twitter with a guy with a listener who hopefully he's listening <laughs> still that i didn't piss him off too much but i got an argument that was the worst era in Miami Dolphins history. It was 2004 to 2007, bottoming out at 115. You you headed north, man. You are like, peace. I'll see you guys yeah, later. Thanks yeah, for the was. good times. But you know, the funny thing about it was at the time, uh, we still had a great defense. You yeah. Know, yeah. I, I had just come off a Pro Bowl year also. And if you're going, going to Chicago, I felt miserable. And the first year was a terrible year. We weren't good. Yeah. But the trajectory was going upwards. As I'm looking back now and I'm seeing the mayhem that was happening down in Miami. <laughs> Man. Mayhem like, is a good that's word. A good one for I was it. like, it's English you know major what? right here. I was like, I think, uh, I think things worked out the right way for me. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, Pro Bowl. A uh, little, little line in the pockets yeah, a little yeah, bit. Right. Hey, nice playing in the Super Bowl. Right. Not bad. But we'll get to all that. Right, right. I got to start before we get there, Wale, and there's no way we can we can skip this, and I'm sure you're tired of telling it, but we got to talk about the family background a little bit. Okay. okay. Because it was definitely a lot of fun for us here, and, right. and it was also really interesting when you got through all the jokes. But mm -hmm. So you are of Nigerian descent. Yes. Right? Yes. But my favorite part of all that is your grandfather 
was the king right, right. of the, I don't want to even miss Imre. Imre. He was the king. Uh-huh. So, you know, coming to America, the man's got his right. own got money. His, yeah. no, really? Yeah. He's got his own but money. More so, his own goats and cows. Uh, go, like, goats oh, and cows. Yeah, well, I mean, so it's a barber system. That's how you measure barber system. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, yeah, my, my grandfather was a, was a cocoa farmer. So, you know, you know, cocoa leaves and, and rice and stuff like that. So it wasn't like um, cash, like U.S. cash, like you saw coming to America. Yeah. That was, a, you know, one of the things that I was always compared to coming sure. up, but I wish I wish it was one of those things where I had my own money. That'd be great. Uh, that's not the way it works. You could play in Miami forever yeah, if that no, was the case, right? I would, I would play for free. No, absolutely. That, so, yeah, and and with that, I remember just the name. Well, first of all, am I, are we pronouncing the name right? Now, as a PR guy, I had mm-hmm. to get that right. right. Now, a lot of press box announcers and TV right. guys, we had to talk about it, but can you pronounce your name the way it should be pronounced? It should be pronounced Adewale. Ade. Adewale Ogunleye. Okay. Ogunleya. So as it, it got better, yeah. My first couple you know, <laughs> it was a seasons mess. was just like, but the thing was, I was just happy that someone was trying. Right. Right. So I was like, okay with it, you know. So makes sense. Um, I didn't complain much, and and Wale while, made things started, easier. Yeah, yeah. Wale's great. So right. Wale, you <laughs> can't mess that up. Right. But he had nicknames, Drew. So the prince <laughs> had to call him the prince. Now, be real. Were you ever back? You know, you're a married man now. You're a family man. But back in your single days, when you're on the campus in Indiana, you ever like, hey, I'm the prince. Right. Um, um, you know what? It would. It would. I think it was in the media guide. So what I would do is I would slip that in front of the chick. That's That's right. Right. Like, My bio. Like, I'm from Staten Island. Wait, wait. This is your grandfather. Yeah, that's me. Just call me the prince. Yeah, that's yeah. me. That's yeah. Me. I like that. So the prince, and then my favorite one, Juice, was. Did you ever see the movie When We Were Kings? Yes. So it was the Rumble in the Jungle. Ali versus Foreman mm-hmm. took place, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and and then there was the chant that all the folk, you know, all the natives had the Ali Boombaye, Ali Boombaye. <laughs> so I used to love when Wale would come walking out on practice, and it was always the DBs who would start right, right. it. Wale Boombaye, Wale. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I yeah, loved yeah. all that. Now, does that shit get old for you, or what? Did you just laugh at it? All? I mean, it, it was okay. That was yeah. cool. I mean, I mean, after a while, you just like. Like, okay, enough. Yeah, enough's enough, enough, right? Enough. Right. Because you know, I really got to explain it. Like, it's really not uh, as <laughs> prestigious as you think it would be, but um, it was fun. I mean, and guys, especially down in Miami, it was a it was a great close locker room. So everybody, everybody says everybody, yeah. everybody yeah. meant well. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, That's you know, cool. Wale, you're not from Queens. You weren't looking for your queen, but you're from Staten Island. Right. Right. Close. Right. 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 Close. Like close. That. Close. Close enough. Mm-hmm. You know. But then you go on to Indiana, and you have a, a heck of a career. Right. Matter of fact, your junior year was outstanding, and right. you were projected pretty high after your junior year. Right. Right. But you decided to go back for your senior year, mm-hmm. and you suffer a, a tough, devastating, not devastating, because you were able to recover right. from it with a right. big time injury. Injury, and you go on draft. You're supposed to be first or second rounder. Right, right. You go on draft, man. First of all, why did you decide to stay? And second of all, how did that? How did you feel? You know, I know it's a tough deal because you know you and I, you, Seth, you, <laughs> Wale and I rehabbed together when he first came in. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow, that would when make I, sense. I had just hurt my foot. Right, and Wale crazy. was rehabbing his knee, yeah. so we were in there working, pushing each other at right. that point, Absolutely. man. So Absolutely. talk about that part, man. You know, having a great year as a junior in mm-hmm. Indiana. Then getting hurt and then mm-hmm. not going drafted at all and then and moving forward. I think for me was going to Indiana. I, they had had a couple decent years before I got there. There was you know they you know they would always play Penn State uh, tough things like that and that kind of was loyal to that. And uh, when I was recruited, Indiana was the first team to ever like big you know Division One team to ever recruited me. Penn State actually came late in the and, game and, and, and recruited. Damn. But then I, I forgot. I, I want to say the D line coach. I want to say his name is Joe something. But he's just like he looks at Joe, me. Joe Sarah. Joe Sarah. Yeah. He looks and goes. 
this is the guy I drove all the way down here for. Like he looks at me <laughs> in practice. He's like, this is the guy. And then that was it. That was, that it. was, it. It, huh? was it. No, no offer, no nothing. Oh, so, I wonder who he took. Oh, nobody good. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, no, Cor- Adewale. Cor- Courtney Brown was there around oh, that time, okay. so Courtney okay. wasn't bad. Courtney was pretty Courtney good. Courtney and Levar. And Levar, right? Yeah. That was okay. a really good time. Okay. They had a pretty good defense around that time. So, well, that would have been perfect addition. Oh man, that would have been great. But um, and it worked out either way. But so we hadn't had a, a season where we were going to make it to uh, a bowl game yet. So I was like, you know what? Let me try to build my legacy here in Indiana. I'm going to be the man for life if I do it. I was, Mel Kuyper had told me, listen, if you come out, you'd be probably a first rounder, maybe early second. But if you stay, I'm going to project you top 10. Solid first. Yeah. Top 10. So I was just like, and you know, by that time, that's when they were paying rookies stupid amount of money. That's the top 10 rookies. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking to myself, you know what? I got faith in myself. I'm a defensive end. I mean, defensive ends usually don't tear out the ACLs really like that. They usually, you know, inflict the pain. Um, and then I'm having a stellar senior year, blow the knee out. And um, then it gets infected. And I'm still thinking I'm going to be good. I don't know what happened in the second round. The Jets call me in and say, hey, we're going to take you. Perfect. That's maybe like 30 seconds later. Call me back and say, listen, if we don't take you, think about signing with us in free agency. In the, from the in second, second round. round. In the second to, round. After, wow. after the seventh. So, so, I, so I, I'm talking to whoever. So I'm talking to him. like, nah, I'm not going to be here. Right. Like, I don't, I'm not going to sign with you as a free agent. I'm going to. So actually something happened. I, I'm not sure what doctor. I think it was a doctor with the 49ers gave me a failing grade. Mm. Mid, like they must have did like a quick check and they must have just went through the whole draft. So I go for two days undrafted. And um, the reason why I think it even all worked out was I always had faith in myself. So that's the reason why I even stayed for another year. I said, you know, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm actually, right. I want to be the number one pick of the right. draft. So, and that's why I stayed. And, you know, coming down here, I think actually worked out really well. Um, as you said, rehabbing with you, uh, John Gamble was amazing, yeah. you know, to get me back. And, and, and the Dolphins were patient with me. They actually said, you know what, we had JT. I think we had Trace Armstrong at the time. The rookie here, Trace, yeah. yeah. Yep. So they had some solid, um, and we had Kenny Mixon and Lorenzo Romel, guys that great names. were great, great um, players, and they didn't really need to rush me. And uh, thank God, Dave Wanstad, who I'm sure you guys know, um, his daughters went to Indiana with me. So that also helped the reason why I even was able to sign here in Miami. Wale's all up all in our, up our in notes here. Oh, sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's great. That so, was I wanted to ask you about that. So real cool. Oh, there he is. Pops just pokes his head in there. We are at Fish Tank Studios doubles as the foundation offices. Right. So <laughs> our educational director, shout out to Pops. But no, so, you know, Dave, Dave has taken some heat for some different things, uh, some of them self-inflicted over the years. But uh Personnel decisions, um, maybe not necessarily what he was known for, but his, I think, you know, his biggest move his biggest selection in his career with the Dolphins in his tenure with the Dolphins was snagging Wale but then I found out really it was his daughter they brokered a deal yeah they did I guess they did he was down there a couple of times and I think he you know he grown he grew familiar with me uh, and um so when I was thinking about signing I was like let me go ahead and sign because now I can call her up and say hey your dad's treating me like crap you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, now did you know her yeah, yeah, I knew it well because wow. because of who he was. Right, his daughters had access to the athletic department. Makes and, sense, and so she would know all you know the players and stuff like that. Yeah, Makes you, sense, you know, and that's that's always good though to meet somebody personally and get to know him because Wale's obviously a, a, an intelligent man, a, a, a great dude. So that's part of what you want to look for in a player because sometimes you don't get that information right, from right. just watching film on somebody. Right, right, you know, and that that mm-hmm. definitely helped, man. Because as soon as he came in, humble young man, hardworking young man, trying to get out there, right. you know. But I'm glad they did take their time because obviously that worked out. Yeah, it did. And again, they had a lot of talent. 
You know, yeah. I mean, Kenny Mixon, Bromel, uh, JT was just basically starting his career too, and Trace. So it was, yeah. it was, it was a good mix. Talk about what that was like in in that D line room. So you're rehabbing basically. You get to really just absorb it all, right? And what was that like to have veterans with that level of experience and that diverse of a skill set in that position? I think it was great. I mean, it was, you know, we had the young guys. We had the veterans. We had guys that are, were pro bowlers already. We got a guy that was, uh, I think he was rookie defensive player of the year and Tim Bowens. Right. Um, so it was a great room for me to learn. And then you got a guy like CB who treated. Clarence Brooks. Yeah, Clarence yeah. Brooks, God rest his soul, um, who treated me like a rookie. And um, I think that's what I needed at the moment and 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 then guys like Timbo who who protected me as as the veteran. So I saw those things um the way JT and and Jason and and Kenny all treated me is the way I as I got to become a veteran the way I treated my guys. Right. So it was a great group of guys to learn from. Yeah, isn't that great? That's that nice little rite of passage, man. It, right. it happens like the, that way. It's not a hazing thing that goes on. It's like a brotherhood whereas you take your lumps as a young cat. Yep. You know, you get a veteran that takes you under their wing, right. and then the next thing you know, you continue to cycle that way as right, well. Right. You know, and it's it's a fun cycle, but it's also a team building and bonding and brotherhood that you know, a second to none. I loved it. Yeah, I, mean, I, didn't, I was actually starting down here in Miami, and I was still getting the sandwiches for the guys. I started to get the towels because <laughs> right. I was the youngest guy. Yeah, and I didn't see anything wrong with it. Were you getting memes back then? Yeah, too? yeah, we did oh, memes. Me. Right. I tell yeah. you what, bro. I'm gonna tell you. I know. I I met the family. My my good friend Jerry, Jerry Carter, DJ Carter kid. Sure. His future wife. They're getting married next year, a year from now. Her family owned memes. Really? That's the memes family. They own. I had no idea. And I was telling her like, your family owned memes. You don't understand how important. That was us. Is this still is that still going? No, down? they oh, sold it. They sold it. Yeah, a little while ago. No idea. But you had no idea how important that was on Friday and sometimes Saturday, Saturday morning. Yes, yes. Was that, was that the spot over on on Orange? Yes, right there on South I, I, I've yeah. never seen the place. Never. They delivered. They were delivering. They started delivering to us. Now did. Did the guys know they were delivering, or did you say, "Yeah, I'll go get the no, sandwiches"? Was, they, would, <laughs> they, would, they would deliver it. Not only that, this is how good our guys were. They would tell me to order it, yeah, and then JT would like slip a hundred dollars in my pocket, like yeah, that's what's up. Pay for it. That's when he's making that's that real money. Like, yeah, make it. Yeah, wow. that's not like, bad. Yeah, make it look like you were bad. getting it. Yeah, you know? so that's I'm, better I'm, than I'm, when I had to go to San Francisco burrito yeah, for everybody. Yeah. I, heard, <laughs> I heard JT's actually been in the restaurant too. He actually went to on, on occasion. So I think by the time I got there, they were delivering. So I just had to make sure it was there. That's what's up. That's not so bad. We want to introduce you to our newest partner here in the fish tank. Yes, Planet Protein, a South Florida plant-based nutrition company providing rapid-fire nutrition for tough times in our lives. Featuring peanut butter cup, cherry Ooh. almond fudge, and the incredible chocolate magic protein shake mix juice, Planet Protein is the one-stop solution to keep your day going. Yeah, whether you're suiting up for Sunday. Now, you know something about that, don't yeah, you, Just juice? a little bit, or you know, watching from home. I know about that. A lot about that, right? <laughs> Too much. Everyone has a need for quick, delicious, and nutrient-dense solutions for Go time. And each product is packed with 20 grams of plant-based protein and superfoods to amplify your place in the game of life. And guess what, Juice? We've got a great deal for our listeners. Use the code FISHTANK, that's all capital letters, all one word, FISHTANK, and receive 20% off all purchases at planetprotein.com. And also check them out on Instagram at planet underscore protein. So now we mentioned Dave Wanstead, and you knew the family and the whole thing. I didn't have this on the notes, but... Marty Booker did the greatest Dave Wanstead impersonation I've ever heard. Do you do a Dave? Do you no, have a Dave I Wanstead? Not. I got to play not. this for you. I got to play it for you. Do everything he wants. That's not the type of person to handle that. We know that. And he's like, yeah, hey, I brought you in and to, to, to get you in to be the first guy and all of that stuff. And this might be the best Dave Wanstead I've ever heard. And she's like, I, 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 I believe in you. Brother. I want to you down here and everything. 
know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. That is great. That's pretty that is good. good. That is good. Yeah, you had to give him credit for that yeah, one. That is a good one. Hey, well, like, you know, but once you got healthy, though, man, it, we obviously we realized we had a steal. Right. right. We had a steal. I think mm-hmm. you, you in 2002 you had, what, nine and a half sacks? Mm-hmm. 2003 you had 15 sacks. Right. Led the AFC, Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. All Pro. Right. Talk about the, the, the transformation from being hurt, undrafted, dealing with these guys, you know, these veteran guys. But then having these numbers at the end, showing what you what you knew you could do, what you talked about Indiana, right, right. you knew you had it, mm-hmm. you know, and getting a chance to prove it at the, at the highest. I think level. it was just a, a combination of a bunch of stuff. I think one, hard work and dedication. Um, two, the right situation where guys um, were putting me in the right place, and then playing with guys like you know Patrick Sertan and Sam Madison and then Jason Taylor and then Tim Bowens. And I keep saying Tim Bowens might be, have been the MVP for me because he would just you can't double, you can't single block him. At all. You can try to get away with single blocking and end every now and then. But Tim Bowen was so big and so massive that if you didn't, like, you were gonna, your quarterback was going to get killed. Him and Daryl Gardner. Right. So it was it was really just uh, allowed me to be one-on-one with a lot of guys and, and, and play well. And the, the, the numbers were good. Um, I just wish we would have had more wins during right. that time. We had a great defense. Uh-oh. Um, the offense. It always yeah. comes down to the offense. Yeah, the, offense big was, the offense was a little rough. <laughs> for quite some time um, it did. Post you know, Dan Marino for sure. You know, but <laughs> I, at the end of the day, your coaches have to understand their personnel, you know. And I think for some reason, you know, Wanstead just didn't get the right situation for us. But we had a great team, man. Yeah. A great, great team. I think we that was definitely our years to have, to win a Super Bowl. With a good defense like that, if we could have – um just strung along a couple more games would have been all right. Yeah, that, and that's always the key, man. It's like the Dolphins, ever since I've been a part of the organization, have had a great offense, not so good defense, great defense, not so good offense. Or during the season, it would go up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, it was mm-hmm. never solid for a whole season. And right. I think the years that you're talking about, man, the defense was always solid, but offense just could not hold up there in the bargain. Right, that right. drove a lot of guys crazy. Right. And the thing was and I learned that I think that helped us out in in um in Chicago. We didn't have the best quarterbacks either. Even when we went on our Yeah, we went road. through some of them. Okay, <laughs> right, right. Um but we had a problem with the pick sixes here in Miami that would just it, it would kill us. You know, you could throw a turnover, but for it to go back to score Right. Right. Uh, give you a chance to get on the field yeah, and get yeah, the ball they back. You just right? can't do that. So we we just did a good job of turning the ball over and then when we did, they weren't scoring, you know, in Chicago. In here it felt like, you know, whoever our quarterback was, whether it was Fiedler or whoever, it felt like they were just taking it back to the house, you right. know. So, right. yeah, it's, I think that falls on the on the DBs and I mean on the on the wide receivers and the running backs, not running play, anybody down. down. Right, right. Well, I think it depends where that pick yeah, takes place too. That right? sideline <laughs> pick—that's when you want to pull a hamstring as a wide receiver because you don't want to act like you, you're trying to chase a guy down, but you see him gaining ground. Mm-hmm. Like that's know. kind of the NFL version of being posterized right. in a way. Exactly right, it? man. Uh, and, and I want to talk about your 2003 season in a minute here, but but I can't. It just says your name and all these guys, and I'm thinking back of the guys that you're talking about with Timbo and so who were the other defensive tackles there was that was Chester there Chester came what Chester about Jermaine? Was there. Jermaine Haley was there yeah it was Just the, uh, that Jermaine room Jermaine Haley was it was a room, it was a room. <laughs> uh we I think my year we also had uh we had drafted Ernest Grant Oh, oh big earnings. Pine Bluff. <laughs> Were you there the time that Jay Moore, the comedian, came into the locker room? Oh, yeah, got on Ernest. Oh, my God. What are you talking about? The coffee joke. The co- Were you there uh, for God, it? Yeah. Was it the, oh, uh, was, it the, was it the coffee joke? Yeah, it was a coffee yeah, joke. Yeah, man. <laughs> he Like, I don't feel even comfortable telling the story. But yeah, so Jay Moore, the comedian, who now does a lot of sports stuff, but he was doing some things at that point in time. And also, I think, I don't think he had found a weight room at that point in time. So Jay was looking right. real small, real 
real skinny and he was just high energy yeah. and cracking jokes and the whole thing and he just so I brought him back through the locker room and for whatever reason only Timbo and Jermaine were sitting at their locker oh and they were cutting up gosh. and on everything on everything you know and they were cracking it and so so then Jay goes in on them and they think it's hilarious so they just start pointing out every person in the locker room walks in get on him get on him and you know and, and Terry Cousin walked through and they were, get, get on him about his hair get and it, I don't know that Timbo and Jermaine had ever found a better scenario where they had a professional comedian that doing, they could send to crack doing, on people right right so right. Ernest walks in and if you don't know Ernest Grant folks if you're right. listening first of all he is a mountain of a man. Oh. Man. Correct. Ernest had to be six, seven. Like the Green Mile. Yeah, to, like, yeah, yeah. The big, that's a great. He was yeah. walking the mile. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. He, he was um, a darker complexioned dark. individual. Very, very, very. And dark. and took a lot of heat for that. Mm. Not for me. Sure, shit wasn't gonna be the <laughs> no, same. No. But, that, but that would have been all kinds of fucked up. But but so but they got on Ernest a lot, and so Ernest walked in, and Jermaine said, "Turn around, look at him, look at him." <laughs> Jay Mortar, he's like, God damn. And then he just went in. And, and at this point, there were 50 guys in the locker room. Be yeah. That. Yeah, Ernest, exactly. They had to hold Ernest back. Like, he was, I, I, I grabbed Jay Moore by the back yeah, of his shirt and yeah, got him out of there because he was 140 pounds. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this is not going to be good. It's, it's amazing how times have changed. You couldn't, you, oh, you you couldn't do that today. No. You couldn't do that today. Maybe he shouldn't have done it then. But <laughs> He shouldn't have done it, but he had Timbo and Jermaine. Timbo, they were in his they corner. His, they thought they it was the greatest thing ever. They were in his corner. That's funny. That's a tough room so have you ever had uh, there had to be moments in that room like what's your most memorable not football related but your most memorable moment with that group of guys it's just every week i don't know who <laughs> i think it was either jermaine yeah that's him that's him it's just, it's just jermaine or timbo would make up the, these photocopies of photoshopped before <laughs> photoshopped pictures of guys on different things it might be like jermaine dressed as a, as a woman somewhere or it would be just stupid stuff so everybody got god but that room was just super funny the good thing about it was i just tried to just stay out of everybody's way and timbo yeah. and jermaine pretty much were the, were the clowns of the room no doubt um and they would get on jay JT a lot, especially with his head, you know, so, you know, and I'm, sh I'm sure JT got got enough of that, but um, because I wasn't really playing early, I just kept my mouth shut and did what they told me to do because I didn't want any beef. I don't want yeah. no drama at all. Well, by far, I mean, no doubt that the, the defensive line have the, the most fun. They do, by far, have the most fun. Group. And it's always a good group to be close with, Seth. That was my, those I know are my you guys. Said that. Yeah, those are the guys I like to hang with. Up until you, know, you try to take one of them off. Well, yeah. yeah, well, he, yeah. <laughs> well, he, the other guys had your back, though. Right. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to shift the movie. Yeah, I see. There you go. <laughs> I was just talking about how much fun it was to be at the damn yeah, the he, defensive he, line. He, he had issues. It's a good that, group. That guy had issues. Thank you. Issues. Thank you, Wallace. Oh, yeah, we did a whole show on it. Deep rooted. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> he said deep rooted. Deep issues. rooted. Deep so, rooted. all right, so I'm going to somehow try and <laughs> yeah, transition out of this here, before Seth. I complete. Well, although I'm transitioning into another story that really isn't a favorable one for me. So, 2003. <laughs> was a major, major year for you for a right. lot of different reasons. Right. You know, it was you know, statistically just the most – that was your standout season. Right. You know, everything. The sacks are the obvious number. 15 right. sacks, mm -hmm. led the AFC, right. Pro Bowl, All-Pro, all of those things, mm -hmm. really balling out. Mm -hmm. And JT, I think, finished with double-digit sacks. So yeah. you two guys together, right. it was absolutely insane. But off the field, you know, this was a contract year for you, uh, you know, and you can – 
detail it as, as right. much as you want here. But but I know that there were things that you and your representation weren't seeing eye to eye with the team. I right. think you were feeling away as far as um, you know the commitment that you had made mm-hmm. and and the way they were treating you. Mm-hmm. And so talk about kind of the, the dichotomy there, where you know you're you're really battling in a lot of ways right. with the team, but you're also fighting your ass off for the team and balling out. Right. Well, because what had happened was the Dolphins did a great job of, and my first agent before I signed with Drew signed me in a deal where that first year didn't count. So I've got 11 years under my belt, but really I I was in the league for 12. Mm. So that first year didn't count towards my free agency. And they had situated, they were like, listen, we did you a favor. You were an IR basically um, for the whole year. We paid you when we didn't have to. Um, They gave me whatever they gave me, like, I don't know, 2,500 signing bonus out of college. And um, basically they were just saying, listen, we didn't have to do that. And I was like, well, I did. Um, it's not fair. This is, this is actually should be my, my free year. They're like, no, this is actually a restricted year. So we just kept going back and forth. They kept telling me they were going to do something. The first offer, which I'm sure, OJ, you would know, was just straight garbage. Right. It's like, <laughs> is, this garbage. Good, is this good faith? Like, right, right. Then you start thinking, like, do you even give two shits about me? Right. This is what you're like. I don't even know why my agent showed me that. Because I just got even more. This was your first up. agent. My, this is no. This is Drew. Oh, this is Drew at this point. I okay. had already fired the first agent after I realized that he had screwed me over my first year. And because um, even if I didn't, let's say I didn't make the, the big the big contract. You know, you want to get as many years as you can. You know, to, to get credit, right. credit, credit, and yep. and for for your your pension and all that stuff. So long story short, I got mad about that. Um, so we go back to the contract, and they're just like they they give me this big huge contract. But the first year, they guaranteed for the first year and the seventh year, I'll make a million dollars. So, obviously, you know, all the money was backloaded. Right. And you know the NFL. So, I'm thinking like... Not for long. Come on, man. Yeah, you're not not, not serious. So, we told them, listen, we're not going to come in until we get the contract going. And so, and the thing that happened was, you know, you have, even that year, and it had a great year, and I I give a lot of credit to to JT um, for a lot of the help. Just him, each actually teaching me how to be a pro, how to rush the passion and all that stuff. And that year we went to the Pro Bowl. I was actually felt because he didn't go that year, and and one of the few years he didn't go, and I just felt so bad. I was just like, man, he's just kind of like my mentor. I was like, maybe I should like fake that I'm hurt, so he because he was like a first alternate, so he could go. And I wanted to say like KO at the time was like, no, this is like your one time. You've done it. Just go. So I was like, all right. So I, I wind up going. And what kind of hurt was at the time, I think the reporters kind of put JT in, a, in like in a corner and was like, hey, you know the situation while he's going through, you know, what do you think about it? And JT basically was like, well, all I can say is when I was in that situation, I played my, my years out. So now it's like JT is the organization. He's the man. He's saying I should play out. And I'm, so I'm kind of like looking like almost a bad guy, but not a bad guy. So that all got in interjected. And I know how the media, you know, twist things up. Um, so that was tough because I think the, the ownership had leverage. Right. Because one, they're thinking like, listen, we got you your contract. We're not going to pay you. 
and everybody's on our side. And that's the way it was. And um, Spillman, Rick Spillman was just not going to budge. Right. He just wasn't going to budge. And that's who it really came down to. Because, you know, once I left, you know, I bump into Wonstad in the street. He's like, no, it wasn't me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I'm actually on a plane from, to Chicago after Spillman left to go to Minnesota. And I'm sitting right behind Spillman. And this is when I'm oh, still wow. kind of like pissed so off. You're back in coach, right? You guys yeah, are all right. sitting in the back. Yeah, right. Stuck right. Right. We Probably not. Coach. We come on. Coach. Come on. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Wale. What are you, 6'5"? We were in coach. I was here and extra row there extra row I don't know what happened this is before this, this, I was still cheap at the time so I'm sitting behind Rick Spillman and I, apparently I just, so were the Vikings I just wanted to I just wanted to punch him in the back of the <laughs> Like, I just wanted. I just wanted to just swing through <laughs> and just knock him out, and he just reached. He turned around and he was just like, "It, w- it wasn't my decision." Oh, oh wait, no. so they both so blamed everybody, each other. Everybody, everybody was doing. Nobody it. took the heat. Nobody. Oh wow. No one took it. Wow. So I'm Nobody. gonna take some heat then. I'm gonna right. take not, not for that, but there, there's always the game within the game within the game, right, Juice? Right. And so something that people probably don't understand because you know, and it's, fantasy football is different now the way they analyze statistics. But with sacks, so tackles are not an official statistic. Because, you know, one guy on one team has 3,000 tackles, right, and then right. you watch the film and he had 30. Right. And, you know, and then, but sacks are an official statistic. Clearly, there's a lot of money and incentives put into sacks. And the way it works with sacks is if there's ever a question about who got a sack, because sacks are like one of the only official statistics that you give half to a guy and the whole thing. I know you know where I'm going oh, with this yeah, story. I, I do know. I do know. I do know. <laughs> so so <laughs> let's say there's a sack, and then somebody says, well, it was, should have been a half sack for Cam Wake and should have been for Akeem Spence. They send it to the Elias Sports Bureau. Okay, and the Elias Sports Bureau is the official statistician for Major League Baseball, for the NBA, for the NFL. And there's a guy that, that you, you, as a PR team, the coaches tell you to send it in. You send it in. They actually have an NFL official who comes down to the league offices once a week, and they watch all of the plays. And there was a guy, Seymour, I think Swyoff was his last name, and Seymour is his whole, hey, Seth, Jesus fucking Christ, I can't fuck this up because there's a lot of money right now. Right. And so they would bring in the officials, and the officials would make a final ruling as to how the and then once it's there, that's it. It's gospel. The official has made the decision. Right. It's not a coach. It's not the team. It's not a PR guy. But what happens as to how that sack gets called in sometimes comes under debate. So in this year, <laughs> so Wale's already having this preseason battle with the team. Mm-hmm. Then he's got heavy incentives. Right. To, and, you know, and the team throws incentives that they don't think are achievable sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you lead the league or if you lead the AFC in sack, well, he ended up leading the yeah, AFC yeah, in sacks. Yeah, yeah. But that was one of his, I, I think like 15 was one leading mm-hmm. the AFC. Yeah. So he had all these, and it was like seven-figure incentives right, not right, to get in your big. pocket. Right, right. And so there, were, <laughs> there was an occasion where there was a sack. And let me go one step back. The veteran guys know this whole situation. So a veteran guy comes off the field. We pass out the stat books, and they look, and they're like, yo, Seth. This only has one. I had two sacks. Right, right, right. <laughs> I had two. At least one and a half. That right. second quarter one. Right, I, right, I, I, right. I mean, right, I gave it all right. to Timbo, but I had his foot. Right, right. And so they yep. start politicking yep. for you. I had his yep. foot. Oh, yeah. They start doing that. And and JT learned it from Trace, who probably learned it from yep. friggin' Richard yep. Dent, who yep. probably learned it from, you know. And, and get a hand on it. You get right. part of this sack. <laughs> so when you're a third-year guy in the league, you don't. You just think you show up and the right. stat book is a stat Absolutely. book and that's the deal. Absolutely. And so it happened early on. And I say, hey, guys, look. Take it to CB Clarence Brooks, as you mentioned. You know, rest in peace, Clarence. He was he was the defensive line coach, uh, an amazing, amazing guy. Mm-hmm. Also a great character, right? Right. And uh, 
and and he would watch it and then he would analyze it and he'd go, Seth, I'm not making a fucking decision here. Send it in. So then I would go to my boss. CB wants me to send it in. JT thinks he had a half set. So this happened early on, <laughs> oh early in like God. first four games of the season. Oh and while I had a sack changed to maybe a half, half sack, sack right. or maybe it was a full sack taken away. It was something like that. Mm-hmm. While I kind of rolled his eyes, he took it. He <laughs> went away. Okay. Now, mind you, JT and I have a pretty good relationship. Right. I happen to be working for the guy now. So the story's even funnier here. <laughs> but at the time, everybody kind of knew I was JT's guy. But I, Wally and I were, had a good relationship. I pitched his whole story to Finn's TV. Remember right, Finn's right, TV? Right. We were cool. We right, were totally right. cool. And time. the younger guys, usually with the younger PR guys, mm-hmm. we had a good relationship. Mm-hmm. This was a different time right now. This was all serious business. Wally was looking right. at his future. Mm-hmm. Everything he had worked up to really had come to this year. Strictly and I get business. all that. It's business. So we had already it's lost a business. sack or a half sack. He's watching the total. He's leading the FC. Well, JT, second half of the year, starts doing that JT thing where he starts coming on, coming right, on, coming right. on. And Wale, one of the incentives was he had to lead the team in sacks, right? And so here comes JT. Here comes mm-hmm. JT. I think we're at Buffalo or something, you know. And, and it might have been who's Rob Johnson who just hold the ball. And <laughs> right. Stuff. Oh, man. And he, he'd give up you six, didn't seven sacks You didn't want him to get hurt. You wanted to hang just in Just keep there. him in the game, right? Right, right? So it was one of those deals where Wale had like two and a half sacks and JT had one and a half. He's like, no, I should have had two. And we should have had. So here it comes again. Hey, man, I'll let CB know. You guys handle it. Whatever. So CB comes down. <laughs> I happen to be in the equipment room when Tony Eggless's office. CB comes down the elevator right side of Tony's office. I'm there. And JT comes walking in to order some Nike stuff. And CB goes, we got a fucking problem. <laughs> and I'm like, what now? And he goes, and, and he goes, here's the deal. And he goes, I'm not even getting in the middle of these two guys. Oh and CB I'm not getting in the middle of these guys. You got to fucking call an I'm not. Gonna. And so, and I'm like, well, look, I'm not just going to go do it. Wale already thinks I'm cooking the books here. I'm like, you need to call. So we got to call Wale. So Wale's minding his own oh, business man. and comes walking in. We're they like, Wale, come here. In. Yeah. And he just has the look. <laughs> And he's looking at you. Remember, right? So he just has to look and he walks in. Like, what's going through your head at this time? No, I'm just like, what? that's what fuckery is about to happen. Right, right. right. Like, what fuckery is about to happen right now? Because I was already, I knew they, they call me in and I'm thinking like, Oh, my And it just God. looks terrible because it's me, CB, and JT sitting in Tony's office. So it already looks like a complete sham. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so he walks in and CB goes, hey, the third quarter, that one, you came around. But I don't know. It was too close for me to call it. And he just, while well, they like turns around and walks out the room, right. he doesn't want to hear yeah. it. And CB's like, look, he's like, you do what you got to do. And so I go over and try and talk to him. And he's like, Seth, I just, and he was, he was respectful. He's a classy guy. Mm-hmm. He was friggin' livid. Right. So I go upstairs. I tell Harvey. Harvey says, coach says it. You got to call. So I call it into Elias. We go on throughout the day. I'm, go- I'm leaving for the day. And I go <laughs> walk outside to the parking lot. And, and Drew Rosenhaus, <laughs> super agent Drew Rosenhaus, super is agent. talking to Wale. Wale's looking absolutely miserable. And he clearly has just shared with with Drew what happened how we fucked office. them over. Right? He's <laughs> telling much, him the whole story. Pretty much. And so I walk ac- out. And I'm, like, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, Wale, are we cool? And he's like, yeah. And then Drew goes, Seth. I got to tell you, I'm not comfortable with how you're handling my client. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm the number three (laughs) PR guy on this team. And here I am with super agent Drew Rosenhaus, who was on the side of T.O. doing the Mm sit-ups, who, not to make a joke, but, you know, when the Blades family dealt with their difficult things, Drew's right by their side. I mean, this guy fights for his clients, whether you like him or hate him. And here he is with Wale. Wale's miserable. And I think the picture's being painted because the one thing for me is like, I don't have shit but my integrity. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He goes, I'm not comfortable with your relationship with Jason Taylor. I'm not comfortable with it. And I said, Drew, hold on. 
And I don't even remember. I said, I, one thing I won't apologize is for my friendship with someone. I said, mm-hmm. Wale and just, I have a good relationship. Right. Yeah. I mm-hmm. said, but I will tell you how the process works. And I explained the whole lot. I pulled out my black book. I gave him the number. <laughs> Let you him call, call Seymour if you in. have an issue. Call Seymour. Right. And I said, how in the hell am I even in this conversation? Yeah, that is true. You remember it yeah, all. Yeah, that is true. What's, what's, the, what's the real story there, Wale? No, that is the story. <laughs> That's okay. how it went. Sorry to suck all the air But in my mind, I'm like, of course, this is JT. Right, right. He's the man. Right. Of course. And the thing is, like 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 Seth said, you if you didn't call it in, it doesn't get changed. But because it is, you know, two competitive guys and JT, you know, he's going to get as many sacks as he, as he as he can and he deserves them. He did it. The funny thing about it is, when I got to Chicago, I knew the game. Right. Right. <laughs> I knew the game. So I get my hand on some, send it in. You send it they in. Like, what? Send it in. It come back changed. You, you, so you, you like, never know. It might get changed. It might and, not. But it's got to change. I knew the game. I said, you know what? This is the way. It, this is the way it is. I told That's you. Somebody it. learned it from yeah, somebody. Oh, I learned That's it. That's good stuff. And the reality right is, is, is that it, it should be scored correctly, right? right? right. I mean, officially, line, every yeah. stat, and and it's. You know, in some ways, you almost wish they would watch all of them right. because, uh, you know, guys like you, like JT, guys who are making plays are going to get their, you know, what they deserve. Right. right. And, and an official, that's great that an official referee makes, because sometimes those guys in press box can't see shit. Right? Oh, yeah. And so it should be scored accurately. But the perception, Juice, and so this was 2003, <laughs> 2004, I leave to go run the Jason Taylor Foundation. <laughs> I just had this vision of Wale sitting in his locker with his feet up reading oh, the paper. I knew, I knew this. I knew this. That makes sense. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I knew this motherfucker. Seth made sure JT had a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That extra sack you got. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. But no, I took it right to Chicago. I say, you know what? You yeah. know what? I'm just going. I'm going to play the same game. I love it. I get my hand on somebody. I uh, send it in. Oh, if you it. deserve send the sack, yep. you need yeah, to get nah, the sack. That's how it was. I, you know, I go through that a little bit. With, I'll with, never forget with, it. You though. look at baseball now. <laughs> I, you know, we we score we score these baseball games now on this app called Game Changer. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I got to be. We got two coaches that score, and that's not good. You need one guy to do the scoring because an error or a hit is a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Because at the end, we look at analytics. To, to tell a parent like your kid batted here because right right your kid batted here you because right. you know what I mean they so, and they're and they're <laughs> right. all they're all in the same app so they see their kids batting average they see their own base percentage oh so everyone's connected at bats. to the app oh yeah so wow. when I'm when we're at a game I'm scoring on the iPad then they can while they're at the game they can see who's on base everything it's right. it's a it's an amazing app that is incredible but that kind of freaks me out a little bit yeah uh, the parents are watching all that you stuff. can even watch other check out other teams and see what they're up to you know what I right. mean and, and, you these know, are nine year olds yeah. Yeah. These are nine-year-olds, yeah. so, man. But yeah, so I know how those stats Starting can be. Starting so man. early, yeah, yeah. I mean, stats are big. I mean, especially if you're a player, man. I know incentive, especially when everything's incentive. You're an offensive guy, so everything almost you do is stat- statistically. But for us, it was the sacks, tackles. Um, you know, this for me, it's like there's four levels of happiness for me. <laughs> One, you win and you play well. Not to be selfish, but the second level is you lose, but you play well. And then three is you win, you play bad, and then the fourth is you you lose. everything so bad. Right. So <laughs> selfishly, you know, the top two is you play well. You right. know, um, at the end of the day, it is a team sport. You want to win, but man, we would run and look at those that statistic sheet uh, as soon as we get on the bus, and we're like, oh no, they owe me, they owe me, they owe me. We gonna get this. <laughs> they pass them out. Right. Yeah. Man, well, I think I, it, it came yeah. in on Wednesday or something. Well, it'll probably come out on Tuesday, but they be ready for us. Oh, so the ruling. Yeah. Right. yeah, you yeah. have you, the ruling yeah, you by get, Wednesday. You get some stats on the on the on the bus. 
bus and plane, but yeah, the the official one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how they do it now, but in our day, you know, they would, and it sucked on the road because you'd have to wait for the, you know, who knows what kind of copy machine they've mm-hmm, got, mm-hmm. and you stand there, and then if you just <laughs> kick the shit out of the team you played, they're in no hurry to get you to stats. Sense, right. Your coach is ready to fire up the buses and go, go right. and you're standing there and you're standing there and, and Harvey, where's the stats? Where's the stats? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And then they give you, you need 60 for whatever reason, 60 was the magic number. Mm-hmm. We'd run down with the stat books and you'd have to give X amount of copies because they'd go to the head coach and the GM and whoever. And then you give every, all the coaches one. And then you knew what players were coming to look right. For. right. You knew exactly <laughs> who they were. You have to, ah, oh, this is my last copy. And his PR guys, cause you had to work the whole ride home. Right. Well, but those defensive events, there's certain positions. Oh, we're coming. Yeah, the defensive ends wanted to see. Well, I think nowadays they can just pull up their phone at any probably. point. Probably. Probably get the official yeah. stats. Isn't that crazy? On the NFL. Dot com or something. They probably get us to. Yeah, you can get the whole you know, game. They, got, they, they got got iPads now, right? You, you, they probably, get it. you probably got an alert on your phone every yeah. time I get a sack. I want to. They're to going over me. on the sidelines, <laughs> checking it, <laughs> looking up points. I, I, I wonder if guys play fantasy football on that play. Are you allowed to do that? Even? I, I don't know. That's if a current good guys. I, I, I don't think. I don't know. I don't think we were. That's even a great question. Staff members were allowed to. I think that'd be problematic. It was pretty. It was frowned upon. That would be. That would be problematic. Seth won his league. Right. JT sack right there. I don't do fantasy football. Right. I play with. The real stuff. No, I'm kidding, man. Well, it was all straight up. I'm yeah, telling yeah. you, I get man. it. No, no, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I Actually, every time I see Harvey, he tells me to say, listen, we had nothing to do with the sacks. I said, okay, Harvey, it's all right. Just- I was like a little freaked out, man. Yeah. I'm like the number three PR guy, and how am I having this? conversation Jeff, my question to you is if you see Wale and, and Drew talking why do you go like the long route to your car or something why do you, no, you why know do to you his credit there? Seth was a man <laughs> Seth was like listen are, are we good Thank you. He was a man about it, you know, and, well, and, and that was good. And thank you, because that's, you know, when you tell me that Dave blamed Rick and Rick blamed Dave, I mean, you know, I, you got to go head on. You got to deal with the issue. And look, Drew, whatever, Drew, if Drew likes me, hates me, it doesn't matter. I'm insignificant in Drew's world and his success. But Wale, I got to work with every right. day. Right. And I'm a PR guy, and, and all of us believed that every one of us had a role in trying to help the team win. Correct. Right. And, and that's and the if, truth. If you guys felt comfortable, if you weren't distracted by things on the outside, the last thing I needed was Wale worrying about me and statistics and not performing at his best on the field. And right. that, like that's the reality of it. Right, right. So right. Um, I, I wanted to address it. <laughs> yeah. yeah I well, I'm glad a, we got that. I'm I got glad a little we more than I bargained out. for. Yeah, I'm glad we aired that out, though, man. <laughs> but listen, I mean, the good thing about it, we had a – I mean, that defense was amazing. It was. Even to have guys to, that would compete that hard, you that's a good thing. Guys well, that were fighting for well, every well, scrap. Well, how many right. teams have two guys in double-digit sacks? Doesn't happen all Doesn't happen. Right. And that yeah. tells you a lot of success. Yeah. And that's just the guys. There's two guys. Now, imagine how many sacks the team had as a whole. And that – you, that dictates the game yeah, right there. Yeah, I mean, that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, and I saw it first with JT and Trace. I was like, I got to beat that dude. Right, right, and right. JT was a and part of my great. duo. That's what like, it's all about, like, man. It was, it was a great time, man. It that's what it's time. all about right there, They had man. close to 30 sacks between yeah. the two of them. Right. Some teams finish the season with that Less than 30, sacks. right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. That was wild. That was wild. Okay, so I'm ready to move on from that. Are you guys ready? I'm definitely ready to move on for that. Yeah, that was good stuff. You get traded to the Bears. And you know, and Wale's was, you said he's 6'5", Seth, and you were, you know, you're not as big as that, so he really could have shake the shit out oh, of him. Oh, I had no chance. <laughs> right. But he's, you know, I wasn't worried about that from yeah, Wale. Yeah. The, was, prince, the prince was coming for the you. The prince might have been coming for me. No, I mean, there's certain guys in that locker room, as we all know, that they had a screw loose. Wale right. was, again, classy. Yeah, always. So bright, so respectful. But I knew he was livid. And right. I knew that a lot of it had nothing to do with me. But the right. fact that I even got brought into that. And, you know, we've all been in situations where you know that even though you did not a damn thing wrong, it just looks terrible. Right, yeah. right, Optics. Right. And 
that was the optics were bad. They were bad. And Drew made it very clear to me that he did not. So that was Drew Rosenhaus and Seth Levitt in front of the Dolphins complex. That's crazy. That was nuts. Great story. This week on the Five Reasons Podcast, we put out four new episodes with John Krasinski on the Jimmy Butler Miami Heat trade talks. There are people within the Wolves organization that think the Heat were as responsible for that falling apart as the Wolves were. With Tom Haberser on the NBA. I was introducing Eric Spolster, the coach of the Miami Heat, and I say, hey, Eric, this is uh, my boss, John. John, this is Eric. And Ira walks by and goes, oh, congrats on your new job, Tom. Another one? (laughs) What, next week? Next week you're going to have another one? With former Dolphins quarterback Sage Rosenfels on his post-playing political work. Well, after I retired, I counted how much money I had. I knew what my budget was, and at one point I realized I had you money, and I didn't give a what people thought about what my politics were. And on the Dolphins' win over the Jets. It is the worst offense in Dolphin history. They had guys named Dick Wood playing quarterback <laughs> before Greasy got here. Literally, his name is Dick Wood. Look it up. He's not, that's he don't, he, that's he's not, not true. Catch this and much more on the Five Reasons podcast, available in the same places you're listening to this podcast. All right. So, with, with all of that, you get traded to Chicago. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the Dolphins go to absolute hell. You have 10 sacks. You know, a year later, you have 10 sacks. You're on your way to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Were you ever looking back? Was it ever kind of any vindication? Were you ever like, yeah, look where they're at? Um. Well, like I said, the first year, I was, I, yes. I was miserable. I'm not gonna lie. In Chicago, I, I, I was. I lived in a hotel for the whole season. Transition is tough for guys. I was, yeah. a lot. I was yeah. so mad at yeah. the world. Yeah, and then um, single, no family at yeah, that nothing. point. Right. I so you buy. Yeah. Man, I, I, the money was great, but I loved the locker room. My right. locker room was so fun. Right. It was a good locker room, and um, the games were great. You know, you would get a girl flashing us every now and South then. South Florida is oh, a beautiful man. thing, right? <laughs> South Florida. So I'm in Chicago, and it's freezing, and it's a bunch of really, it's like bar mentality. A bunch of college boys at the game. There was nothing really sexy in the stands you know i was just miserable <laughs> you were covered up you know completely. but the bears right but but it it worked out and as we started winning and that city was absolutely as as much as i love south florida it's a sports town it is there's nothing else to do here there's a lot of distractions um, and most people aren't from here right a lot of people right, in chicago right. are right. from chicago yeah, 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 and love chicago the love they have for that city yeah. right so you know you come down here you know when the jets come in town there'd be a whole oh, section of jets like, so so, yeah, Chicago, that's not happening. Maybe Green Bay, though. There are a lot of Green Bay fans in Chicago. But um, so the Chicago thing happened. I get miserable for a year. The funny thing is that you brought up Marty Booker, you know. Who was also miserable. So the two of you guys were, <laughs> were absolutely miserable. miserable. Great uh, trade. But Erlacher actually basically sits me down and says, listen, they love Marty Booker in Chicago. So you better get your head out your ass. Wow. I like that. Like, he was beloved. So imagine the pressure now on my head. Wow. You know, they gave me the contract. They traded basically their favorite. Favorite offensive player. Like, they loved him. He said yeah. he got the biggest contract in the history he of the Bears, the Bears at the time. Yeah. And I think you beat him when you got there. Right, I got my <laughs> but that, I mean, that that tells you that, yeah. that he, he clearly was. He was loved. And I'm glad Erlacher sat me down and told me that because it kind of made me shake the whatever funk I was in. Right. Because you, it was on you, written on your face. Yeah, your body yeah, language, yeah, yeah, everything yeah, yeah, about yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. I, I hate just, this I was place. Miserable. Right. That's leadership right there. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I did that, and the next season we started playing better. Then we, we made it to this playoffs. We got I think we got killed by the – who's the one in Carolina? The uh, What's there? The Panthers. Right. And Steve Smith. Big football fan, uh, huh? Just, you know, <laughs> blame, blame CT or something. You know? yeah, yeah. So oh, um, – so the Panthers kill us, and then next year is a study progression. We go to Super Bowl. We, you know, we and it's here in Miami. That's right. The Super Bowl was here. 
in and the rain. We're in the, we were the home team. So I got to, oh, so you came our to the own locker room. Holy shit, I never thought about I that. I was like, this is written. Yeah. I'm going to win. That's right. I'm going right. to win. Yeah. Right. And Devin has to take to open the kickoff back. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, we're going to win. All this defense needs is seven points. And that's what we got early. You know, things didn't work out. We we blew a coverage with Peyton fucking Manny. Yeah. <laughs> and How many of us have said yeah. that? Just like that before. And we got the Reggie Wayne. Reggie Touched Wayne. the Reggie Wayne. And wide remember, open. Reggie, Reggie said, remember, I, I the ball was up there forever. And he was just so nervous that it was, it was there that's forever. The hard, that's the hardest catch in football. That's so crazy to the me. Hardest catch in football. With really? nobody around. You're by yourself and the ball's just sitting there, just floating there. Because, oh. you know, he wasn't running. Like Peyton right. made sure he didn't overthrow him. Right. So he was sitting there waiting. No, that's the hardest catch in football. Man, wow. I remember him saying that. I was on the NFL Network. He was saying that that was one of like, the was scariest, it was the scariest catches he's ever had. <laughs> he's by himself. And we all open. think as dumb fans that that's just so easy. It's a gimme, right? Right. Not to mention it's the Super Bowl. You know, there's only a few hundred million people watching right. you know it's not like you know your local market only watching right absolutely wow. I mean that's, that's crazy <laughs> that's so stuff. you know and it worked out we had a couple uh, good years after the, after the Super Bowl we didn't you know we didn't we had the Super Bowl whatever that thing is the jinx or the, the letdown we didn't go and um, my contract is up so then after that I go to Houston and finish my career just but the Miami I never left here obviously I always kept my house here but that whole transition was, it was just a great experience yeah. sometimes change is good yeah, agreed. Sometimes, you know, people, you know, stay here their whole career and that's it, you know, and that's fun. But sometimes change is great and you got to go through it. And I'm glad I did because um, I was able to see some different perspectives. Um, I got a big contract, played in the Super Bowl, which is by far the biggest, it's what you do it for, sweetest right? thing to ever do. Yeah. I'm just sad I lost it. But the game itself is just like, it feels like. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Prince was performing at halftime. It was just oh, that yes, was that right. year. Like so, it was just rain, had to be one of the, the best rain. Super Bowl performances. Yeah. And we're used to we're, to, we're used time. to police escorts. The, our escorts were on like presidential. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We did not stop anywhere. No, we from nothing. hotel to wherever we were going. It was like right amazing. throughout the whole city. You were whole here city, for yeah, for yeah, the yeah. week. Yeah, That's yeah. right. So it was good. And I got to first couple of days. Lovey let me come down. I stayed in my own house. I slept around. I was I was slept around in my house. I mean, right, right, slept around. Them damn you. Super Bowl you're, you're, you're getting ready for the game. You're living the, the game. dream. And, um, living the dream. <laughs> and uh, so, I actually, Good even catch, that, 99 Wally. Jam calls me on my cell phone, but they're they're pranking me. And thank Who God, was it? Super, Super Cindy. Cindy was. It was Super Cindy. It was, uh, was Benji. Benji. Yeah, oh, I remember that. Benji <laughs> Brown, right? You remember? And he's like, "Yo, you know, sweetheart, he's acting like a chick or something like. <laughs> you know, I want to come give you some right, and all this stuff. Right. I'm like, Yo, I'm like, I got a game to play this week. Thank God. Right. I, I thought. Be, I thought some of my other girls were going to be listening. <laughs> or, you know, the or, prince. Or like, uh, hey, the baby, this is the prince. Like, like, yo, I got a game to play. I'm thinking like, I'm performing like, at halftime. I'm not falling for this. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I want to be like, yo, send me the number. You know, email me. Right. But I'm right. Like, oh, right. listen, uh, email me. Right. Yeah, you can't. You couldn't text it. Was no texting back then. Email me. You know, so yeah. that was uh, so well, that there's was been fun. some there's been some guys down here that played the Super Bowl that got in oh, a little trouble. Boy. Yeah, Oof. so it's smart to, that you pretend you're knitting's right there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. good. Well, stuff. You know, but the good thing was I lived here, so I knew, knew the traps. Yeah. Right. You know, was it was, it, the, was it Eugene? Was it Eugene yeah, Robinson? Robinson? Yeah. yeah, he actually didn't play in the Super Bowl. No, that he year. missed well, who, the Super Bowl. Did he get? Who was he with though? Was it the Falcons? I believe. Was it the Falcons? Was it a prostitute or was it like a? Oh, undercover. I think that. Yeah, that was. I don't know. We got to get the details. I don't know, but it wasn't a good idea. You hear? You hear? Yeah, you hear to play in a Super Bowl and you out there. Right. I mean, you got your mind right. Whole offseason, your mind right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't mess around. I'm not passing judgment. One game for that's it. Right. That's it, man. Man, good stuff though, bro. 
Hey, did you ever ball up at the house? You came to the house a couple of times, didn't you? To play your, basketball? Your house? Yeah. Oh, are we allowed to talk about that? Oh, that's, that's a big topic, but we couldn't remember. <laughs> it's a huge you, topic. You know, just the whole transition with the years. I, mean, and, I, I would play every now and then, but I was there for just the late, You'd come hang out. The, the ladies. Oh, you... I was there for the scraps. <laughs> for, I was there for the scraps. While I, uh, yeah, come here, meet this girl over here. A little different perspective. Oh, yeah, we hadn't talked about this part of the ball. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Wait, wait, wait. I'd already. They, they haven't talked about this part. <laughs> this is the main part. Well, I, we I kind of assumed it happened, but you know, I, I'd already gone in the house. Let me tell you so we would play basketball, but you know, the pool was right off the side of the court, and there were always people watching the game. Somebody did say that they had to bring their A game because of the crowd that was watching. I forget who mm. did bring that up. So Wally wasn't there to play I'd ball. I play every now and then, but my team would get ran. You know, JT would and and Oten, and Kajana and and Juice would you know they would run the table every now and then. <laughs> Stack our team. So you know, so I play one game, I'm done. Then you got to wait for like five teams to play. Too many teams. But then out by there. nighttime, it's a party. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. It's a party. And if you the, if you're a the, the, a good looking girl in South Florida at that time, you were at OJ's house. <laughs> You've been there. <laughs> you were you would park on that street on that <laughs> side road. It, it would be the whole street lined with now, cars. Did you get and women. preferred parking? Did you? Every now and then, every <laughs> the now and then time. you could. Every now and then you could. Every now and then OJ would open up the garage and I mean the, uh, gate. the gate. You can sneak in, but you might not get out. No. So you might be better just parking on the street. Better off, because you're going to end up jumping the fence anyways. Yeah, 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 or he right. closed the fence on you, yeah, right. and then you don't want to have Did you have any neighbors, man? Did they ever... Kajana. Kajana was his neighbor. Were they mad at you at all? Fat Joe. Fat Joe was his neighbor. I had a couple of neighbors come to the come to the house, come to the gate. Were they mad at you about stuff? Sometimes they were. They were trying to get into the party. No, they got man. They got turned away fast, man. I wasn't the nicest neighbor at the time. You had that speaker. You heard the music. The music was Tupac and... Right. You know, we got, and I, now I think about it now. If my kids were out there and it was happening across <laughs> next door, you, you I be, get it now. I yeah. didn't get it there, but I get it now. <laughs> Yo, you know? Juice House, everything was legendary. Oh, so, so typically, he, he Wally. Told, he t- he's the reason why it took me forever to get married. He's the I mean, reason. I, I, him, it, took me, it took me a long time and, and, and myself. Yeah. You're talking about and, the SFL, huh? Yeah, oh, my God, man. Those guys. So typically when we talk about basketball on this show, Wale, <laughs> we do the top five, and people rank the top five players who have ever played on the court. I don't think we're going to have you do yeah, the top five because nah, you got a whole different category. Oh, no. My top five is different, <laughs> different top five. Yeah. We'll save that for yeah, another podcast. All right, so be, listen. Hugh Hefner-like top five. Hugh Hefner, the Miami Dolphins. He's got the mind photos. He might. OJ. I, might just, have I was just trying to look out my young brothers, man. Oh, it was wow. easy. Oh, was, I mean, I had nothing to do actually, with Actually, if we're going to talk basketball, when it comes to alleys and assists, this guy would throw the nice He's assists. been on almost every top five, and uh, he thinks people just want to get because invited he, back. That's right. Or they feel badly because he's here. But I'm he's been running joking. point on almost every top five. I'm not even five. joking. OJ gives the okay. I'm okay. That's right. She would look at OJ like, he good? <laughs> Those are the alleys. <laughs> See, we look at OJ like, we good? OJ like, he's good. All right, so listen, I think it's time we thank all of our advertisers here on the podcast. Yes, it is. It is. That's the old OJ. That's the old DJ Preach for producing the show. <laughs> and Adam Wally, Adam, 
Agulia, I got. I definitely got the last name. Wale. Wale, we thank you so much, man, for joining us here. It was great to have you back. I thank you for after you returned from Chicago and grew up and got over all this. Not grew up, but you matured and and appreciated new things and made it to a Super Bowl. I became small potatoes and you actually started talking to me again. No, no, actually, don't. I just appreciate everything you do. It's more with the foundation. You're always at least reaching out to me. And, you know, OJ, as a veteran, thank you for taking me under your wing. You were great. Man, uh, you pushed me, man. You took him on I, wish I, I you, wish I could have gotten back on the field and played with you guys man, more, man. You were the man when I got here, and yeah. thank you for you know being uh, a gracious veteran to me. Oh, day, I really man. appreciate that. Yeah, man, appreciate he worked hard, man. So he worked hard, it. man. Now, Sounds he, like he it. earned everything. He uh, earned man. it, man. But I, I learned it. from. I learned. Yeah. So, and I know you were hurt when we got here, but you were loved. So, no doubt, thanks, you were man. loved. Hey, thanks for diving in, Wale. Thank you, guys. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. dog fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank. Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rocking with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Fans with attitude, okay, we got to dive up in that Celebrate big or cry hard. Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard. Old school, a new school, mix it in. Feeling like we up close when we listening. Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end. We vibing with our favorite players, no secret. We get with Seth and McDuffie. Bringing up stories we never heard to the public. Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget. We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset. We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about the fans. And if you ready for that water, Time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know what's all about them fans. And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know what's all about them fans. You looking at that fish tank. It's time to dive, dive in. Fish tank. Go get your aqua orange. Yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth. Time to dive up in that fish tank. Don't ever add a token, but the devil in the kitchen.